Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I don't know. I don't think it fits you very My well. My wife hates it. Scott Hicks. I started getting this beard at 16. You kidding me? I, I'm, I'm over 40 and I still can't if I want to. Huh. Is it patchy? Is that what the problem is? Um, you know what? I, I might be able to now. I just, I, it gets about that long and I'm just like, Oh you yeah. Gotta, you, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get through that. Yeah. And also, my wife doesn't you like gotta it, oil so. it. You gotta, oil, no, I'm she She will. <laughs> just gonna grow it out and say you'll, you'll great you'll get used to it it'll be great yeah yeah you'll love uh, it you got you got to oil it <laughs> you got to slather it in oil that's the only thing that's the only thing that keeps it from itching otherwise <laughs> david comes in for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is that on your beard david <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be shiny uh, otherwise it gets uh yeah matt won't do it's mm. otherwise it uh it does get itchy it gets unbearable Especially like around the neck and stuff like that. Like, mm -mm. Mm. no. Tea tree oil. It's a whole bunch of different kinds. Yeah. So now you know. Now I'm going to grow a beard. Probably not. I mean, look, if you don't have one by ASTE, it's going to be a real problem, bro. Uh, Listen, I can let it go till then, and it still isn't going to look like one yet. Yeah. It just doesn't grow like that. <laughs> well, I mean, it is only two weeks away, yeah. so I guess that's just the thing. Scott Hicks, how I'm are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Very good. You've uh, gotten much so better main- at uh, introducing our guests. I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate. I just wanted to throw some <laughs> words of affirmation your way. What, what's the love language? Hold on. Ask Monique. Uh, well, that's why I'm I, sure she has. She, she named it specifically. <laughs> like, I just want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Yes, you're saying it, it correctly. Yeah, words of affirmation. Yeah, yeah I just wanted it. to throw some words and of affirmation your way. I wonder if you know. I'm I'm pretty sure we made it pretty clear to Monique that you aren't a words of affirmation kind of guy. Uh, you're not a, any kind of guy. <laughs> right? like, just know that by now. So. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to do about this, but that was very sweet of her. I thought it was very nice. We're talking about my words of affirmation. What about my words of affirmation to you? Thank you for introducing our guests properly or at all. You're welcome. Except for Jeff. You're very welcome. Poor Jeff didn't get anything. We just rolled right into But everybody knows who Jeff is. Do they? I think everybody knows who Jeff Jeff is. Jeff Barnes? Maybe. 
See, there you no. go. There you Which go. Jeff? Which Jeff? Which Jeff? There's a lot Thank of Jeffs. You. Yeah, there's a lot of Jeffs. Exactly. Uh, dude's in the chat group with him. We talk all day, oh, every day to, oh. and all of a sudden he doesn't know oh. Jeff. You know how many Jeffs I know? You know how many Jeffs have been on your show? There's like millions <laughs> of Jeffs out there. Just, <laughs> and I guess we just had a random one. Don't even know which Jeff it is. He knows I still love him. Scott Hicks, buddy. <laughs> I'm, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm busy, but I'm I'm doing great. Um, so the last, I don't know, six months, year of your life has been a little hectic, been a little crazy, a little bit. had a lot of changes, a lot of shifts, a lot of things happened. How about give us a little bit of backstory about where we were and how we got to here? Because there's some interesting parts of this story that I think are important for us to talk about. Okay. Uh, you were a technician, right? Very good. So tell us the story and tell us how we ended up here. Uh, if you go back about a year, I was at a independent European shop that I'd been with uh, a couple of different times, but totaling about 11 years. And, okay. you know, just got to a point where we no longer saw eye to eye. So, Is that anyone we know? No. No. I just don't believe in talking bad about, you know. Ooh, so, yeah. So we yeah, have juicy details here. <laughs> well, there's all kinds of details, right? But let's face it. There's three sides to every story, right? Your side, my yep. side, and the truth. Yep. And I can try to be as objective as I want, but at the end of the day, it's still my side. So I'm going to want to favor in my side. And yeah, of so, course, of course. And and we had some we had some really and and that that's not where the podcast is supposed to be going, right? right? So the juicy we, details we have to go that direction. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not privy I mean, to this. Uh, I'll throw in one juicy detail, and and that hold is on, is that let's, let's rewind here a little <laughs> bit. Let's talk about this premise that there are three sides to every story. That is not true. Okay, okay. that is not yeah. true. Okay, there are maybe how many sides are there? There are sometimes two perspectives, not a side. There's the truth, and either you can acknowledge the truth or you're delusional and decide yeah. not to acknowledge yeah. what happened. Here's how what you do to to combat that is you. You steel man your argument or you steel man your side and you try to understand the other person's perspective first, right? So what do we talk about? Seek first to understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why did and, that and person that, act in that manner towards me? And then how did I react? And that's what we did here, right? That That's Scott. We had some really hard conversations. You and we your came hard back conversations. And we said, we, you know how often you allude to these hard conversations or these great heart to hearts and then you never talk about them. You're like, hey, we had some really great in-depth conversations. I cried, you cried, we cried together. Moving on, David, you've never Lucas, cried. Let you, me you just text you. you? you your heart. Let me just dead. text you, Lucas, so we can talk. It's, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> we can. We can just text and get on past with this. You know, I mean, um, I'm just trying to hash you know, this stuff no, out because what ends up happening no, all, is well, he ends that's up where talking I was headed, about these. But things. somebody keeps talking, so we can't even well, get there. I just there. want to make sure we um, set so, the groundwork. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, so here's the deal: is is Scott. And I had some conversations and Scott was really frustrated because there was a time when things were not going well in the shop and it was clear that Scott wasn't going to be there anymore. Right. Is it safe to say that? I'm not trying to hurt. No, anyone, absolutely. But... And so there came a time when they said, Hey, we don't want to do this anymore. And Scott was kind of like blindsided by it. Oh, right? no, that was, that's what so we that, had. Some... I wouldn't even at that shop yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, no, that was. Okay. That... Well, keep yeah, going well, we, then. We... That's where I thought no, we were starting. No, no, no. Well, that's 
so I left there and went to uh, went to another shop, right? And you left the Euro shop. Mm-hmm. I left the Euro shop and went to that all makes for on and off for eleven years. Yeah, eleven, twelve, something like that. But yeah, you're you're choosing or they're choosing. I, I made the choice to leave. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now, and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over thirty-five shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account. Go to My Shop and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Okay. Yeah. Were they I made blindsided? The uh, I mean... Ultimately, in me walking out, yes. Uh, if they did, walked out, no notice. Well, so this shop doesn't believe in notices. And I've, again, working this long, I've seen more employees go through here than I probably have at every other shop together that I've. The Euro shop? At. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the okay. Tur- turnovers are incredibly high here. Uh, are you always in has. Minnesota by chance? No. North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> okay. Such an ass, David. What? I'm not saying anything. You're such I'm not an saying ass. anything. I'm just asking. I just oh. want to get proper context. I'm just, I'm just getting proper context. Anyway. Okay. Yep. Continue. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah. So go I, to this other shop. Go to the other shop. And I, I think ultimately, looking back on it, now, I was. this is where I was kind of blindsided. There was no communication as to anything going wrong. Um, it, it, ever an opportunity to, hey, let's change this or change that, or why did this happen? Zero. Uh, I came in, mm, came back from lunch, which I normally didn't take. And well, I say I didn't take. They they provided lunch usually, and we just stayed, ate, and it worked. This day I needed to take lunch because my wife had a flat tire. So it's either me leaving go get the kids, or I go take care of a flat tire or lunch, and she goes to get them. So I went, and literally as I'm walking back into the shop, the owner's outside, and he's like, "Hey, we need to talk." And I said, uh, "Okay, what's up?" He said, "I'm gonna have to let you go." And I said. <laughs> okay, seriously, what's up? He said, no, I'm serious. I'm going to have to let you go. Oh, okay. Um, can you give me something? So, you know, again, I I know we're trying to get somewhere else here. So, uh, but yeah, no, basically. I want to dwell on this. I know you this, do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware. This, this uh, is an owner that <laughs> has fired a lot of people. That, that I, conversation I, is not something you have when the guy gets back from lunch. It's just not. It, unless you just, you do this all the time. 
You do this all the time and it's like, hey, I got to tie my shoe. Hey, I got to fire this guy, this family man who has to feed this family and I don't care. Hey, you got to go. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> this guy's fired somebody often. Okay. Which so it, I need to it, know his name. We need to, we need to have a talk. I need, <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, I got to get mm-hmm. better at this because I'm terrible at firing people in that I don't. David's been trying for months to fire months. himself. <laughs> Hang on. Where's the honey bun? <laughs> it's got some mold on it, but at this point, any honey bun will do. Anyway, sorry. So he blindsided you. Yeah. You thought things were cool. Uh, yeah. I had no idea that there was, there was a problem. Uh, ultimately, maybe he was. Do you think maybe he was broke? Maybe it was a money issue. Like, hey, I can't pay this guy. No, nah. I don't think so. I don't. I don't believe so. I believe that. Uh, the only real solid thing that I've gotten was that I don't think you're a good fit here. Like, that's the one solid piece of information that I've gotten. And okay, you know, there was a couple of were things. You're not that, getting along with the other employees. As far as I knew, we were all getting along. I had no no issues um, that anyone had brought aware to me. I mean, we all talked. We were all friendly, and you know, yeah. so I, I it, it it was it was a complete shock. Um, do I think I ultimately had so? And here's the thing that that you know, Lucas really helped me to remember or, or to realize. I'll say um, was that when I left that European shop, things had been festering for a long, long time. They've been building up and building up, and uh, I didn't communicate my concerns and they weren't, they're not the best at communicating. Um, and so I left there with, with a lot of anger, basically a lot of frustration and could that have carried over? Yeah, I'm sure it did some. Uh, did I see it? I, I think I saw a little bit of it and I, and I definitely tried to stop it when I started doing it. Like I would have having thoughts, like when something were to happen in the shop, I'd be like, Oh great, here we go again. And I'm like, wait, no, this isn't the same people that's the same owners. It's not the same, you know, I can't, I got, I can't think that way. And so I kept trying to pull myself out of that. And I thought I was doing a decent job, but you know, the, the thing that Lucas and I had talked about was honestly forget whether or not it's true that, you know, whatever happened, happened is, could it have been true? If it were true, what could you have done differently? So to learn from it. So it's not about, did I do all these things or something? It's more of, you know, did I yeah. come into this shop and could it have been where I came in as a toxic employee? Cause I had all this baggage with me and I don't, again, do I think I did some probably? Yeah. I, I mean, I could definitely see where that could have happened. Um, I was trying my best not to, but again, you know, I, I don't know. So I accept the fact that, okay, that's the case. Let's just accept that. I brought that baggage with me and that's what ultimately caused the issues. And, and so from that, I, I really sat down and started thinking about what I could do differently. This is interesting to me. You know, I, I don't think, I think people need to like abandon the idea that there's anything such as, as a, anything such as a toxic employee. There's toxic behaviors, right? The person comes okay. in, they exhibit toxic behaviors. It tends to make people uncomfortable. So they come, they approach you. They're like, Hey, I know you don't like working on Land Rovers, but I need you to do this work on a Land Rover. Now your reaction is either. Oh God, again. I'm like, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And so the first time you had to blow it off. 
But the second or third or fourth or fifth or tenth or whatever time they come to you and they feel anxiety having to approach you to do anything. And I'm just throwing Land Rover out there because it bothered that one guy that one time. But you can you could be uh, in any kind of work. Hey, I need you to scrub the floors. Hey, I need you to go move cars. Hey, I need you to go yeah. throw anything out there. And you react in a negative manner. All of a sudden, especially if you're non-confrontational, that conversation is going to be one you avoid. And if you start avoiding that conversation, now that employee is someone you can't even communicate with, they're just going to avoid it entirely. And that then festers into, we got to let this person go. Does that make sense? Sure. Right. It stacks. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The the emotion stacks. So I wonder and, what, and, uh, uh, what, sorry, Lucas, I keep cutting you off. I apologize. Um, only mildly. No, he apologizes, <laughs> but he's not going to stop doing it. No, yeah, that's true. No. That's like telling me to stop being me. Like, hey, quit being bald. That's not going to be a thing. I can't stop being bald. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I wonder, I wonder at one point, does, did you realize that, was it after you had done it? So you were saying that I, thinking back, I might have been exhibiting some toxic behaviors. Did you realize they had happened right after they had happened? In, in other words, the, the person bring, brings you a, a 5.15 oil change when you're supposed to leave at 5.30. And now you have to inspect this car and do an oil change and maybe a state inspection or whatever in all in 15 minutes or stay over because the person's waiting in the lobby and you don't like that it bothers you right they come to you you react in a negative manner is this like two weeks later you're like huh i probably shouldn't have flipped my lid or cussed or you know reacted the way i did or did you react negatively and then afterwards go yeah i shouldn't have done that or i gotta get myself to stop doing that i'm 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 pretty aware of of I say pretty aware. Well, I guess that's relative, but I feel like I'm fairly aware of how I respond and how I react to things. And I'm usually pretty good. And I think even then I was good about fairly quickly, you know, knowing that that wasn't right. Even if, and, and stuff like that usually really I hold on to, like I can't let go of it. So even like I'm always drawn to going up and just saying, Hey, listen, I'm sorry. Like that's regardless of the situation. I'm sorry that it came out the way it did. I'm not trying to have, you know, and I've always been pretty good about that with anybody I work with, with employers. Um, so, I, I mean, I think, I, you know, from my perspective, and I, I've got to throw this in right here real quick, because from my perspective, when all this was going on, right, because we have a chat group and we're going back and forth in our chat group and I'm watching before this happened, I'm watching some of the things you're saying and some of the the thoughts that you're having. And, and what I caught from the outside looking in was, is you were questioning them, right? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this this way? Why is this not being done that way? And I, I, I had been picking up on that prior to this happening, right? Is that you were questioning, well, why, why are we testing this that way? I think we should be doing this. And he would say, no, 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 I want to do this. And you'd say, well, but here's the way we're supposed to do this, or here's how I think we should do it, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I, when I, I was watching from the outside in thinking, oh man, we might be headed for a nasty breakup here at some point, <laughs> like, because I could feel it getting amped up. I could feel you going up a notch and it would seem that if you were going up a notch, then, then from the outside looking in, it looked like they went up a notch 
and it continued to stair step and got more and more emotional. I don't think you realized that it was happening like that. I think you had kind of got used to the the situation. You were you were nose blind to it. And, and you know what? And that's that's the thing. The things that I am aware of and that I become aware of very quickly, I'm always I always try to handle. But there's always you don't know what you don't know, right? So if I didn't realize it was happening, yeah, uh, then absolutely. I mean, I'm you know, those are the things that I've kind of looked back on, and, and I think. It's difficult for me to remember like specific times where I'm saying anything to them or bringing certain things up. I mean, I did ask certain questions and, you know, why are we doing this? Why do we use this? Why do we do it that way? Uh, but, right. I, you know, I don't remember where it was much of an altercation between anybody. But again, you know, right. I'm right. I'm not again, I'm, I'm biased to it. Right. So what, what what was it that they when they asked you to do something and you start to question it? Was it from a place of. Uh, lack of knowledge in other words if, if they're like um if they come to you and they're like hey we need you to test the sensor get the voltmeter out i need the voltmeter reading and you're a lab scope guy and you're like uh, hey i can just hook up the lab scope get a quick capture and i can have this thing <laughs> tested in five minutes you're wanting me to write all this stuff out on on a sheet off a of voltmeter It'll be much faster for me to do a lab scope. Was it something like that? Or was it like, I don't even know how to use this piece of equipment and they're asking me to use this piece of equipment? Or can you kind of like elaborate? Sure. I, and the reason why I'm asking you this is I have this, I have this working theory that an employee will walk into a situation and they are willing to do certain things. They have a list of tasks, unconsciously, consciously, whatever. They have a list of tasks that they're willing to do and how to do them. And if what the employer wants and what the employee is willing to do jives, then everything's copacetic. Everybody's happy. Great employee. They're there for 30 plus years. If the, all of a sudden the employer changes what it is that they need done and it is not within what that employee is comfortable doing either the employee changes or the or the employer ends up firing them or the employee quits like something comes to a head a hundred percent of the time and it's because all of a sudden you change the rules of the game the employer they came to the employee and they said hey uh these are now the, the rules and that's not what we agreed to even though there might not be an agreement, like at the end of the day, hey, I'm paying you to do whatever it is I ask you to do, just do it. Or don't take the paycheck. You, it can't be both ways, right? Right. But what ends up happening is that employee sees that and they either they make the decision, they're like, I, I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to fight you to not do this. And we're going to see if you acquiesce. If you don't acquiesce, um, then I, either I'm going to quit or you're going to end up firing me. Or maybe I do change my ways. But a lot of times, that's not what happens. They they don't acquiesce. The employee doesn't change and the employer doesn't acquiesce. But if you're non-confrontational like I am, <laughs> sometimes you do acquiesce. You change the rules. They don't conform to the rules. And and I'm not saying this is just a me thing. Like you, I, I went through a class in, with an old uh, uh consult uh, consultant company the entire class the entire premise of the class was how to get compliance that was hey everyone it's lucas i'm sorry to jump in but i thought it was important to come and say this 
You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. That was it. That was the whole class. We, two, we spent two days talking about how to get an employee to do what you ask them to do. But really what it comes down to is you change the rules, you change the parameters by which they do their job. They may not want to change that. And that's what ends up happening is that I'm not going to change. I want to do the job that I've been doing for what you've been paying me. And all of a sudden you're coming in and saying, hey, now we have to do DVIs. Or now, hey, we have to just start doing this extra thing. Or, hey, we have to start you know, filling out these sheets. And the employee's like, I'm not signing up for this. It's not what I want to do. So either you're going to stop making me do this or you're going to end up having to fire me because I'm not going to do it. And yeah. they may not consciously be saying that, but in their actions, in other words, yeah. like deep down internally, internally actions, that's yeah. the dialogue yeah. and that that's what they end up reflecting. So I'm just curious, what, what was it that they, they were asking you to do that you were then having to step back and question? So there was, I guess, I guess, honestly, on multiple fronts, um, one, I'll say some of the, some of the fluids that would go into vehicles. We're not what we'll just say we're not what the OEM was recommending. It, 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 yeah. not even what's a common practice in my opinion anymore. And I have a hard time with putting something there I know is not correct. So, n- so now I'm not, talking like, um, this, every car gets old school green coolant, even Euro <laughs> trash gets old school green coolant. Or are we talking about like, hey, this is universal coolant, just throw it, throw that in the car, it'll be fine. I'm hesitant again because again, I, I'm I'm not trying to. The last thing I'm trying to do is start issues because that's not, it's not what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's throwing shade by oh. any means. Oh, right? they're, they're doing what they're doing. They don't see anything wrong with it. So you calling it out is a matter of your opinion. You think it's wrong, but they they don't care. They're like, yeah, this is what we do. I mean, it, green coolant was what went in everything. Nice. Um, old school green cool. <laughs> David's like, hey, listen, that sounds like a great piece of advice for me. A That's gallon. what I'm gonna do in my shop. You know, mix it some, with tap water. Did they mix it with tap water? Or they buy it pre pre diluted. Oh no, we mix with tap water. Yes. Ah! <laughs> yes, that is awesome. Hey, this is going to be super helpful. I'm just telling you, Scott, you're going to help so many technicians. There was an, an entire question in the podcast podcast group about, hey, what should I be asking employers when I walk in there to 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 yeah. interview? I should be asking specific questions. Oh, and we can like, do a whole like, podcast yeah, on can, that. Probably a few. 
<laughs> hey, that's a good idea. We're going to have a whole series. But if, like, seriously, like, one question is, hey, what's your opinion on coolant? Well, every car gets the correct coolant or are we just dumping green with tap water? And they're like, Hey, it's green with tap water and everything. It's like, okay. An Audi, uh, a a specific, one of those in between years that doesn't use what all the other years use. Like they, I don't remember the formula, but there was like, it was like seven years that they used this very weird mixture of coolant. And if you put the wrong stuff in it causes all sorts of leaks. That car you put in green coolant in it, and they go. So yeah, every let car me get green coolant. So green coolant is what was there in bulk, and they had a few Asian brand generic colors of fluids, and I'm not 100 sure what those were supposed to go in. <laughs> to be 100 honest, um, so green coolant was by hybrid far hybrid inverters. Hybrid inverters, green coolant. <laughs> I didn't do any hybrid inverters. We'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, yes. Oil was typically correct. So I'm not, oh, you know, it, it, again, it, it was, was it always what it should have been? Eh, the weight might not have been quite right, but it, you know, close it, enough. It, honestly, that was not near as big of an issue for me. Cause again, we were, we were trying to do the right things. And that was that, that, you know, and a lot of times you can switch up between some viscosities. So that's fine. But hey, it's uh, Friday afternoon yeah. and that car is going to get 525 because guess what? We're out of this and we got a little <laughs> bit of that and it's going to get a little mix <laughs> and that car's got to go. Uh, so, so that, okay. So that, that's obviously one side of it. Um, that, okay. I don't agree with green coolant and everything. I don't agree with green coolant in almost anything unless it's, Old and that's what it calls for. Ford F one fifty. Okay, then that right. But you also need yeah, to exchange green. that every twenty thousand miles. Like it's it's, you know, it doesn't last. It gets acidic very quickly. So it, yeah. again, you know, being that I teach for CTI, we have a four hour class on coolant. I mean, I know more about coolant well, than I want to know. Are, did, were you teaching for CTI while working at the shop? I went. They knew. They knew before I took the job that I was already planning on going through and, and starting to teach for them. And they asked, you know, when, and at that time it was, I'm staying in the shop. I'm going to work. I'm going to do uh, virtual classes in the evenings. You know, anything else I'll do would be on a weekend or something. So, and they're like, okay, no problem. And that had not changed up until, um, Hey, we're gonna have to let you go. That was like at the same time. Yeah. Right? Like they said, we're gonna have to let you go. And then I sat around for the rest of the week and decided what I was going to do. And that's when I decided to go full-time teaching. Uh, but we're not done with that yet. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, all over the place. Well, no, 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 no. Cause you, you, you specifically brought up two different things. One green coolant. Yes. Okay. You also brought up, um, so it got to a point where I didn't feel comfortable pulling out a scope. And yes, I, I have, I have several scopes, but I, I use scopes. That's now. Do I always use a scope? No, of course not. If it needs to be used, it needs to be used. Uh, and there's some things that that's a good point, Scott, you should repeat that. A scope it, is not always necessary for diagnosing the car scope, all the things <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> in the name of science, in the name of science, not on a, um, production basis on a production basis is absolutely not necessary and should not be done. If you got a scan tool out and you're scanning the vehicle, sit in the driver's seat. What can you find out from that scan tool? Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But 
No. So if I brought it out, it's like, well, what do you got the scope out for? Uh, I'm testing this, you know, whatever it is. And you don't need that for that. I understand. I probably don't need it, but I can get a definitive answer really quickly this way. Did you have a shop foreman? No. This no, was that, the owner then walking out and asking uh, yeah, you from, this? From, yes. From, from the outside looking in perspective, it felt almost as if we were dealing with a, a owner who was a technician mm-hmm. who never learned to be an owner, never wanted to let go of the shop and move into to ownership. Right. And I, to this day, I don't know who it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, you right? don't. None of my business. Who it I is. don't know. Uh, yeah. But, I have no idea who it is either. It doesn't really matter. But the problem, though, is that that scenario happens all the time. And here's the thing like, if you hire somebody that can also moonlight as an instructor for CTI, you're obviously hiring them in for a specific purpose. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, you're hiring them in so you, as the owner, don't have to meddle with why that car's misfiring. I don't want to deal with it. it. I don't care why the car's misfiring. Just find out what's wrong with it. Let me know how much it's going to be. Yada, yada, yada. And that was, that was understood from the beginning. Basically, you know, my end goal was to, to teach part-time and to diagnose cars. Ultimately, I did not want to hang parts anymore. Now, there was the understanding that I would do that for a while. Uh, at some point, yes, I was uh, told that, it would move into a foreman position, um, and the fact that I was teaching means that I could do some internal classes and stuff like that as well. Um, and that, hmm. so, okay. and that that was, and again, you know, we hadn't got there, or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it, so it literally came out, and it's like, you know, you you can test that with with you know your meter. And I was like, well, the meter, your fluke eighty eight or a fluke eighty eight is going to capture four samples a second. It's averaging. Now, can you put it in high res mode and do some other things? Sure. However, my scope is catching millions of samples a second. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can have a capture where I could never get this TPS sensor to glitch, yet I captured it on a scope. I would have never gotten that on a meter. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just, it, For sure. it's just, if I would have, how long would that have taken? Right. And, and, and the basics, right? Like, yeah, doing a basic voltage test on a sensor, <clears throat> right? I have no problem with that. If I've got a, if I've got a constant fault, Right, I can run out and do a test with a voltmeter. Yeah. That's fine. If, if I'm trying to catch something very, very precise or something that's intermittent, that'd be stupid. That that's how you waste time, right? And I had and now keep in mind, it's not like oh, I'm going to get the scope out, so I go over and open up a drawer cabinet and pull out the scope. No, no, no. I had a diagnostic cart, so it was set up fully ready to go with a laptop that's already up and ready every morning. So it, yeah. it's it's literally lead drain off the back. I grab them, plug it in, and that's it hit go it's it's i mean it's not so yeah difference in opinion of how we do things um now and and that's all makes all models that i went into and that was also an understanding that there's going to be a steep learning curve for me because i don't know how all of this stuff works there's going to be some differences i'm going to have to do more research and stuff on some of these systems than what i was dealing with every day and again all of this was talked about all of this was you know this was all up front. So. what? Well, so let's move forward, right? Because I think the rest of the story is important and where we're all going right. now, right? Because I think the rest of it's just as important. So you work for CTI. You've been training. And we've been having some talks about, hey, I want to begin to prepare something different 
tell us what that is and tell us why you want to do that. So, I mean, I've had dreams of doing mobile for years. And with the fact that my wife has been, he'll get, yeah, um, <laughs> we know. That's I know, just his I face, know. bro. Um, uh, so, no, I mean, I've had dreams of this for a while, and it's something I was never willing to do for several reasons. One, I'm the only person working. I'm supporting a wife and four kids okay. and everything that goes along with that. So that's a big thing to take on without knowing, you know, what's going to happen next. I also have a lot of more investment in tooling and stuff that I did not have. And it's just, it wasn't, no matter how much I wanted that, I wasn't, it wasn't worth the risk. And honestly, I had not been making enough money to put aside to build some of that up in the meantime. So it wasn't very feasible in the past. Uh, CTI has kind of offered me that opportunity to to have some money saved up and to do some things like this. And so it's, it's kind of twofold. I, I mean, I, I don't have intention on not teaching. That's not really, you know, I still want to teach. But I think even not not being a shop since the beginning of the year, in, yeah, beginning of the year, has already shown me that you can get rusty real quick and yeah, lose some of that practical right. knowledge and some of that experience. Right. Right? So, and I mean, I've went out and messed with my own cars just to kind of touch on some things. Um, you know, anybody that's ever reached out for help, I'll do anything I can to go out of my way to try to help you diagnose it remotely. Basically um, yesterday I actually went down and it was uh, just helped a friend of mine with a couple of cars he had just so again, I could put some hands on. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's twofold. One, I, I really do enjoy diagnostics. Like, I know European diagnostics, it's probably a little something off. And I get that. But um, I mean, with me, but, um, you know, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy the stuff that other people can't fix or haven't figured out. And it's not that I'm, you know, it's to, again, I, and I try to make sure everybody knows this. It's not that I'm any better than anybody else. It's, you know, I'll stick with it. And I you do. Enjoy I enjoy it, it which, which. Yeah. You know, it changes the game a little bit, I believe. Um, so it's, again, it's twofold. It's one, it gives me the opportunity to finally do only what I really wanted to do. And also, it's another stream of revenue when I'm not teaching. And it's not like I'm gone every week. So, it, you know, it'll be a supplement to yeah. it. It'll make it more relevant for the classes yeah. that I'm doing. Um, and who knows? I don't. And have some right, case studies. Right. And, right. I, and I don't know what the future holds for anything or anybody. So, you know, it's it's nice to have something to fall back on if something were to fall through. But uh, I, I enjoy the teaching, so I don't, you know, I don't foresee that changing. So the the first thing that we discussed, right? You came to me and you said, "Hey, I want to do this the right, right way." And by no means am I necessarily an expert on the subject, right? But we started talking about just the basics of starting a business, right? And so, David, I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, where would you tell somebody to start? You know, the first thing that Scott and I talked about was a business plan, right? Yeah, I know. David's like, why would you ever start a business? Go get a job. <laughs> because I can't get a job around here where I can go in part of the time, be paid what I'm worth, and do only what I want to do when I'm home. David does that now, and he wonders why his business isn't working. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell uh, you. I hate, I realize I've given you bad advice then because now, <laughs> like, um, I realize that you don't know what a business is. Sorry, buddy. I hate it for you. <laughs> um, so really, the first thing we talked about was, A, a business right. plan, a strategy, right? And and we've talked a little bit about where to start as far as building that. What What are we rough expenses? What are we going to be looking at? What would income have to be, 
right, to at least break even? Where do we start as far as numbers go so we can at least have an idea of what we need to charge? David, what are your thoughts? Where would you start? If you were starting from scratch with a mobile business, what's step number one for you? Not not where where you would. Not where you would, because we know you wouldn't. I'm Take like, yourself out of it. Terrible and what? Blah. And it, this is not everybody's you. <laughs> other people like other yeah. things. They want to do other things. They have dreams and aspirations David besides YouTube. David does things. not accept that narrative. Okay, not everybody. <laughs> everybody is David. What's, Roman what's wrong with YouTubing? Eyes? Everything you're doing. That's, a, that's nothing. A I love YouTube. Well, there you go. Well, I love YouTube. YouTube, YouTube all your uh, diagnostic. There you go. Maybe we'll do that as well. There, but I still have to be able to go do it. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. I, I don't I don't know. Like I, I wrote a business plan when I opened up my business and it was a uh, um worthless. So not <laughs> what what, the hell was what the aspect point of, that? of it? <laughs> All of it. Every every stinking point of it. You know how many like how to start a business books I read before opening my business? Uh, piles of them. You know how much they helped? They didn't. Not a one. It was terrible. <laughs> What's the worst advice you got from the business books? The worst. Start write a business plan. That was probably number. <laughs> that was number one. The stupidest thing. Like, hey, any, uh, anytime anybody wants to start a business, uh, the the only thing that matters is how are you going to get customers. That's it. I agree. Step yeah. one: How are you going to get customers? I know exactly how I'm going to get customers. I'm going to do A, B, and C. Okay. And if they have a track record where they've already been doing that in some capacity and it's been working and they're just going to scale it or they're going to do it for themselves or whatever, whatever, then yeah, go nuts. Go open that business. Go go kill it. But if you're like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to get customers, but I got this product and I'm going to sell it to who? Who are you going to sell it to? I don't, I'm yeah. sure they'll show up. No, I, they will not. They I remember Gary V video years ago, there was a Gary V video and, and he was talking to this lady on the sidewalk in New York and he, she's like, I, I make coffee cups and I sell coffee cups or maybe it was a guy. I can't remember what the deal was. And he's like, look, it doesn't make a fuck if nobody wants your fucking product. Right. Like you can, you can be the best at making fucking coffee cups, but if nobody buys your fucking coffee cup because they don't like it, it doesn't, it Your doesn't have any kid. value. Your muffs. What are you doing? Dropping bombs. You just He's quoting Gary V. So Gary V. I mean, quote Gary V. Gary V is as much earmuffs as you get. Earmuffs. Earmuffs uh, kids. So, <laughs> so look, I, I think as a, I think as a, um, as a business plan, no, 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 not well, so much. That. Of- That's, that that doesn't apply here because we have, we have th- th- that is a product that people do need and and will want mm-hmm. in some capacity. Mobile diagnostics. Yep. That yeah, absolutely. That still doesn't answer the question of how are you, Scott Hicks, going to get customers? That doesn't answer that question. How many how many shops do you have to show up to with a business card and hand them a business card? How many times do you have to show up to those? whatever, however, however many shops, how much time is it going between you showing up however many times and then you getting your first sale and then how quickly you, from you getting that first sale to scaling up to sustainability, can you get to that? That that's, that's all stuff that you need to figure out before. And should that be a quote unquote business plan? Yeah. But there's a lot of fluff in business plans that are just completely yeah, well, that's, that's basically the business plan that, is a that marketing we're talking plan. about. We're not that is talk- a marketing plan. We're, 
it's a marketing plan and it's a financial plan to at least have some idea of his finances, right? Yeah, to know bu- what he's got to be, is, at least is, where he's got to be. Yeah, a budget budget yeah. is is critical. But here's the thing with the budgeting thing. If you if you haven't been in business at all, or even if you've been in business for a year or two, you open up a shop and you've only been in business for a little while, you have no idea the expenses are gonna that mm-hmm. that are gonna hit you. Does it help if you have friends in the industry and you you have so. been in the industry and you can reach out to a Lucas Underwood and go, hey, can I look at your P and L? Can I look at your P and L? Hey, you can block the numbers out, but I just want to see your list of expenses. Right. And if they go, yeah, here's here's a PL, you can see the whole thing, and you can then see this line item, this line item, because there are piles, piles of expenses that you, that you never haven't been in business, have any idea. And and even if you go to uh my buddy's been running a shop for three years, I can look at their at their PL and they don't have a PL. <laughs> That's one thing, right? <laughs> or even if they do have a PL. Like they're not carrying enough insurance. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. They don't know that. So now you're screwed. You're both screwed because you're going to go out there thinking, oh, I'm going to spend whatever, $1,000 a month on insurance. And you should be carrying $2,000 a month insurance. Well, what then? Who's going to tell you then? So now you just wrote out all your budget. It's, it's wrong. It's wrong. So, I I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it turns into what are my household expenses? I think you can set that in stone. Yeah. I'm going to need $6,000 a month to pay my mortgage, pay food, pay for the kids stuff, pay for my insurances, utilities, whatever, right? You Whatever that dollar amount happens to be. And then rather than look at what are my expenses, I, I, would, I would be more apt to look at how much work can I accomplish with me doing all the work. Yeah. Okay. And then – what's a conceivable dollar amount I can charge for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if it, the dollar amount is not sufficient, then okay, how can I supplement or how can I scale? In other words, if I have three of me's, what can I then charge and how fast can I get to whatever that dollar amount yeah. happens to be? Okay. And then if, if you look at it and go, well, I can diagnose three cars per day, and I'm going to spend three hours per car. Okay, for for me to make that work, if I were at at the shop, then I would be making whatever fifty bucks an hour pre tax. Well, I can charge conceivably they'll pay me three hundred dollars per car, so I can double that dollar amount, and that essentially ends up eating up my expenses. So then that sets my budget. So now I can start charging a hundred dollars per hour per car. And I can make 900 bucks a day. Does that make sense? Yes. But if you then go to the market and they're like, we're not paying you that. We're going to pay you half that or three quarters of that. Or you find out that you're charging half. Now you can start adjusting. But if that $900 a day isn't enough, then you're like, okay, well, if I can get three of me to do this, now I can start charging $2,700 a day, paying them 50 bucks an hour and keeping the other 50. Did we just talk about paying the tech 50% of the door rate? In a mobile business? I'm just probably sure. I'm just throwing that out there because I remember there there might have been something about that lately. I don't know. It's ludicrous, but um, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And the the only fear that I would have with approaching Uh, it that way is like fixed expenses, the things mm -hmm. that we know. 
if there is going to be, you know, a big subscription, right? Right. Let's say that you want all the OE subscriptions. Well, how much money? A lot. <laughs> and and what is, you know, roughly how much insurance am I going to have to have? Right. The, the next thing that we talked about was really how to set the business up as far as S corp or corporation. And, and my advice was, is talk to a, a decent tax accountant and a decent attorney that that's experienced with setting businesses up. David, what would you say as far as go DBA does make it an LLC? Does go DBA it. Who cares? Okay. Go register with the state for a hundred bucks and then go open a bank account. Done. It's passed through anyway. You're just going to write it on miscellaneous, ta- miscellaneous okay. income on your taxes. Now, if you actually start making real money and you're like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna pull in $250,000 this year, me, myself, and I, and then my my truck and some equipment in the back and a few subscriptions. I'm in other paying. words, if you're going to turn it into an actual sure. business. I mean, you. I think you, get, you set out intending on turning it into an actual business, but I'm saying if the market right. dictates that you are now a business because they are dumping money in your lap, now, now it's a conversation. Now okay. it's like, whoa, 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 let's step back. Let's let's register the LLC. Let's get an EIN. Let's gar- start looking at different ways of setting up the business to optimize tax savings. Liability-wise, <sighs> does he not face liabilities by doing that now? In other words, he goes into a shop and something happens and they come after him. They sue his insurance company, but if he does it as a DBA or his personal assets – up for I think grabs your personal assets are up for grabs regardless of whether you carry LLC or not. Unless you, you're an LLC. No, even if you are an LLC, I think your personal assets can still be uh, in certain situations. Not, my understanding is it's not if you if you don't per, uh, pierce the corporate veil. Yeah. If you're a corporation, S-Corp, or an LLC, they can't. I know. I've looked it up before um, for would, North Carolina. It's it's It depends. Again, yeah, state for I'm, st- I'm, state for state. Yeah. I'm saying – a good enough attorney is going to come after you regardless. If you if yeah. your if your actions are egregious enough that it surpasses small claims court and starts getting into the millions, trust me, somebody is going to come after you regardless of whether you've yeah. got. Hey, I've got an LLC. Yeah. Look at this piece of paper it says you can't sue me personally. Yeah. No, you're they're coming after you, and so. Yeah, I mean, do you want to have additional layers of protection? Yeah, like should a trust own the LLC? Probably. Should you also carry personal liability insurance and umbrella uh, coverage on, on on yourself of two million dollars plus? Maybe it just depends on how many businesses and how much junk you got floating around out there that you could be absolutely sued for. But just having an LLC is going to protect you? Hell no. Well, else he's not going to protect my, I think you. my concern is, 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 is a DBA going to be insurable as garage keepers and as liability from that aspect? In other words, if I'm, if I'm going mobile, I'm going to want garage keepers of some sort, right? Because it's not just for the physical presence or physical location, right? Garage keepers sure. means that I'm, I am covering the, the product or the vehicle of someone else. So I'm, I'm in care, custody and control of someone else. Dude, but if you're uh, you if know, you're making I've a thousand bucks a month, you think any of this matters? A thousand bucks a month. I mean, I think it, if if you're only doing a thousand bucks a month, right? Then it it's not viable. I don't. No. Think. What are you going to pay a thousand dollars a month I mean, in insurance just to make the thousand dollars? Like it's not going to work. I'm just saying, like, it, like, are are you going to worry about all this garbage? But aren't you hanging out completely unprotected? You go into it a d- shop depends. and you do a fuel if pressure you're test. Getting, 
20 calls a week and you're showing up for 20 appointments. Okay. Now, now I've got to do something here because every single appointment is a, is a deal. Like every single appointment is a point of liability, but if I'm getting an appointment a month or two appointments a month, or I'm going a week or week and a half without a phone call, like you don't have your marketing, right? You're not getting yourself out there enough. Like what difference does it make? You're not, you're well, just, I mean, it makes a difference if the first car you touch, you, then you you're entirely in you, <laughs> you shouldn't have been doing any of it. But I mean, I'm just saying. You're right? putting uh, the like first car down? Is that really? Is, is the, no, no, is look, the risk? look, I know some technicians who have really bad luck. Uh. What they would do is they would burn the car down, which was sitting next to a garage, which had million dollars yeah. of cars in it, and it would burn all of that down, and then the, the building yeah, would fall over. The other thing, over. too, is, is if, like, what are they going to take from me personally? That's the other question you have to ask. If you're sitting on $3 million in a retirement account, and you've got $250,000 in another cash account, and you live in a half-million-dollar house, and your family is worth millions upon millions of dollars, and they've got it's property. not the case. They, now... If all of that is up for grabs too, now we have a conversation with like, yeah, I'm going to be more protected trying to get my, trying to get my business going. Me personally, what are they going to come after? My 2017 minivan? Seriously. What are they going to take? They can't. In Kansas, in Kansas, they can't take my house. That's it. So nobody can take your house at any point for any reason, period. Because in Kansas that we have a we have a law that says that. Other than that, everything else is up for grabs. But what is it that you're going to take? And I don't have nice things. I don't have nice I'm, things. I'm kind of concerned that you know about this law. It seems Kansas, like you the, looked the that law. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a thing in Kansas. I don't I don't know. But I, all I'm saying is that like it up just to make sure you say. <laughs> all I'm saying is <laughs> it, it, you you need to be uh, cognizant of that as when you go into the situation because it, if like what do, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Okay. Then just go do it. Go do the work. I think too many people like they, they mull over this garbage. Like, what about this? And what about that? And I got to have the business plan. I got to have this or just go see if the market says that what you have to offer is a good thing. The market will tell you, like if you, if you are terrible at marketing and you can't get enough customers, then that should tell you that you shouldn't be in business for yourself. You should go get a job. Or go buy a franchise that does the marketing for you. Does I love your sense? passion. I, could I do. See, I love your passion. I could see the logic in that, right? I could see some of the logic in that. I, I think, though, that, A, a lot of people are doing it and, and just, like, holding on, right? They're trying to fight through it to make it work when they probably shouldn't be. Right? They're continuing to push when they're not some making money. Some of us are money. deep Is there, in debt and don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that there's you look you look so sad, David? Um, it's you did the pouty lip. It's crushing me uh. every day. I just the minute the minute that debt's a zero, I'm walking. I'm burning it to the ground. I'm, ta- I'm putting it out into the street. In the big bonfire. I don't care if I have to pay any fines. I'll save up for the fines. Light it all on fire, and I'm gonna be like, if you, if you, if you, you're cool. If you, I'm out. <laughs> Griswold style, uh, got it. What what <laughs> kind of revenue do you think if if Scott goes and does this? I thought he's already doing it. You, are you already doing it? Have you have you gone to the next? Because here, no, here's the not, thing. No. Is it since the, no. So you've just been teaching for the last. I, I'm teaching. Right. I and, I mean, 
I'm not saying I haven't collected some tools. I'm not going to say I haven't come up with a name. I'm not saying I haven't come up with a logo. I'm not, I mean, things are happening, but it's not, I mean, am I out there passing a business card saying, Hey, I'll come diagnose your, no. My, my first thought is, is that Scott's pretty well known in the community and he's known as a CTI instructor and he's in all of the groups and everything else. So I think Scott's smart enough to utilize those uh, networks that he has and those connections that he has now. So I think that Scott is pretty quickly going to be working in a commercial setting where he's going to be working for other commercial shops or, or professional businesses doing a substantial amount of work if he does this, right? Um, Based on one what? of my fears just is just his knowledge, like just his name recognition, like what? just the yeah, just the fact that a lot of people in the community, because we're both in North Carolina, a lot of people know Scott, right? And so he he's got connections in shops where he's he knows them. He's been networking with their techs. We all know everybody. It's North Carolina. We're not, we're from the South, bro. Dude, okay? I, I know we're not of, doing this Kansas I, thing where we hate each other. I, I know right? of like, like mobile guys in North Carolina that are like. I'm not going to make it on just the mobile diag stuff alone. Oh, it's and not. They let, have. Let me be clear. If I'm going to turn this into a full blown, this is what I do full time. There's absolutely no way it's going to be diagnostics only. Absolutely not. That's 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 ludicrous. <laughs> diagnosis and what? Okay. Programming or you programming ADOS? That's all like you know. It's all the soft skill stuff. Like. You're not hanging brakes, right? He's, you're not going to be doing oil changes on my Audi? Hell no. Okay, that's what I'm saying, is you're not going to be doing full-blown mobile, like you're no, swapping no, not repairs out on the Ford. Okay. He, he's going to be the guy in the parking lot hitting calibrate on the yeah. scan tool, pushing the car back and forth until it says yeah. pass. That, that's, that's me. You're putting cardboard no. on the windshield. No. <laughs> Just put cardboard on the windshield. It'll be fine. Yeah. I, all, all I'm saying is that, that if I... Just because he, you think that that's what's going to end up happening. I, I'm just telling you, like, reach out to like a, a Keith Perkins, right? And the question is, like, for sure, how many customers and how fast? And then how did you do it? And if the answer, and I'm not saying this, Keith, this was is what Keith would say, but I'm saying if the answer that you get back is, you know, I just passed around my business card. And I got all these calls. It's like, okay, you don't know what you're talking about. Move on to the next person. You got lucky. And then ask them. I'm not saying that that person, and again, this isn't Keith, but I'm just telling you right now, like one of my, one of my biggest struggles when I opened was getting enough customers in the door. I was not in a uh, visible location. I was a business that I started from scratch and I didn't have a large network of family and friends that I could just tap into. That none of those things were working for me. And somehow I got the cockamamie idea of opening up a business. It was a terrible idea. I shouldn't have done it, but I, I'm like, eh, I'll figure this out. It'll be fine. And so I, I open up this business and I'm like, just not getting enough customers in the door. And I thought I was doing all the things and I'm posting on social media and I'm passing around business cards and I'm doing all the things that I think I'm supposed to be doing. And I would walk up to shop after shop. Now I'm, I'm going to these consultation classes. I'm flying across the flipping country to sit in these classes that I can't afford. I can't afford the consultation company. I can't afford the classes. I can't afford the trip. I can't afford any of it. I go all the way out there and I'm, and Hey, how much, Oh, I do $1.3 million. That's awesome, man. How are you getting customers? 
Oh man, I just turned on my open, my open sign. All these customers come flooding in. Hey, you've only been in business for a year. How did you get so many customers? How were you able to scale up? And I just opened up my open sign and they just started coming in. Oh, you know, I started passing around my business card and all of a sudden I started getting these calls or it was that, or man, I've been in business for 60 years. Well, that doesn't help me. I've been in business for three. I don't have a network and I open, I turn on my open sign and I even posted it on social media and no one is calling. No one is showing up. I can barely pay my bills. Like, what am I doing wrong here? I'm just telling you right now that happens more often than not. And, and some people hustle. They, the frustration is that nobody can articulate it. Like uh, in my guesstimation, Keith's a hustler. Like he's, he's articulate, he's well-spoken, he's supremely confident and he just went out and got enough in front of enough people with enough confidence to, Hey, use me. Hey, use me. And he just kept badgering them until, yeah, we're going to start using them. And he knew that I need to make 45 sales calls a day that eventually if I make 45 sales calls a day for three months straight. I'm going to get enough customers calling me that I can then start leveraging that into Google ads and yada, yada, yada. He was systematic about it. That'd be my guess. I have no idea, but that's what you're looking for. You need that game plan. You need that step-by-step. You need the, okay, 45 sales calls a day for three weeks straight. And then whatever money comes in, I then leverage into Google ads. Okay. What do the Google ads need to say? Am I using smart ads or am I using a PPC uh, person? Who? Okay, what do the ads look like? What's the geofenced area? Like, what do I, what's, what's my website going to look like? What's my call to action? Like, all of those things need to be mapped out because you're stealing them off somebody else that's yeah. doing it right now in a similar market. If you don't have that, you have squat. If to think that I've got this, hey, I've got an OE subscription to Volkswagen Audi software, I've got Otis, whatever the hell it's called. I'm going to be able to, to program Volkswagens, I'm going to get calls. No, 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 you're not. Nobody's going to care. Nobody is going to care. And even if they did care, they're going to forget that you even exist. They're not going to remember because you're not, you've not made enough sales calls. You need to go in a hundred times before they call you once. That's why it's a bad idea. Let's think again. Well, so Unless now you're personable, which David, he didn't have that going for him. So, like, if you just have a little bit of personality, this gets a lot so, easier. Hey, having a like personality a is great. Having a personality is great. But I'm saying, like, at the end of the day, the first misdiagnosed car, how are you going to deal with that? Did you just sullied your name? That guy's a CTI instructor and he can't diagnose this car? You have got to have overwhelming charisma to, to overcome that. That, hey, I'm not going to go online and trash you because, you know, you're a nice guy and I really like – Scott, I really, he's a nice guy. And you know what? He, maybe he was having a bad day. You get the benefit of the doubt because you're just that charismatic. If you don't have that. Yeah, Scott, maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know Scott from, from anybody else. I'm saying if you don't have that (laughs) overwhelming level of, uh, of charisma, your first misdiagnosed car is going to sink you. It's going to bury you because that shop's going to blast you to everybody. And then all of a sudden you're not going to have any customers. So just be be aware of that. When you hear that, Scott. I'm aware. I am. I'm. I, I I've been like I said. I, I've been talking to a lot of people, and I've been thinking about this for a long time. There's there's a lot of things that uh, I'm very aware of that 
have to be right. And that's why I'm not, I mean, I'm fortunate in a position where it doesn't have to be right now, sink or swim. So I don't have to make bad judgment calls immediately because I have to make a, a, a decision. And I'm not trying to give you career advice or like, like poo poo on, on your ideas or whatever, but I, I'm just curious for me, why not go talk to like a, um, a diagnation or is it diagnation? Who are those really nice guys mm-hmm. that we talked to at ITTC? Yeah. Was it yeah. them? Yeah, oh, Gary yeah. Smith like, and Adam Robertson and Craig Shippey and yeah, maybe yep. not them. Maybe you hate them. I don't know. I'm saying like, I love why not coach. go talk to the the diagnostician like service companies? There's, there's like a thousand of them, like tech lines go and look stuff. For one, what's that? Like tech line companies. Yeah, tech line companies, and say, hey, what I've got is is. A particular set of skills. Valuable. I've got, yeah, I've got, I can be a good uh, Volkswagen, Audi, Land Rover, Euro guy and and look at all these years of experience. Plus, I'm teaching for CTI. Like, why don't I, why not utilize me and go reach out to them? And you, you see what I'm saying? And, and yeah. go work for them and CTI. And now you've got two streams of income. It's better than, hey, I'm going to have, I have to figure out a way to, Get customers because that that is it's it is so hard. I'm just telling you right now, it is so so hard. Unless you have a giant I, red barn that you can just tell people, "Hey, I'm I'm the red barn next to this super popular business. Come see me for your auto repair." And everybody's like, "Yeah, I know the red barn next to the really popular roadside attraction. Everybody knows." <laughs> That's all you have to say. Flipping customers just pile into your shop and, hey, I've got a bigger barn. More people can show up. And then just more people show up. If that's all you have to do, then yes. Then yes. Go on. Go do your own business thing. If you can't do that, though, if you can't, if you're just like some no-name, one of 8,000 other shops that are going to be offering the same service, then no. Maybe you should take a step back and go, maybe I should reconsider this. I'm glad I'm not trying to open a shop. You, you are just a mobile <laughs> version that does less work than I do. Hey, can you fix my water pump? No. Oh, okay. No, thanks. I cannot. Why am I calling you? Click. No, no, I don't. I want, offer more services. It should be easier I, for me. It's not. I, I don't awful. want individuals. I want shops. Shops are the worst customers no, ever. I, I, shops are awful. I get that. But you want to get want, a scope of what you have to deal with? Go talk to the ARS loaner people, shoploaner.com. Go the the sweet people yeah, that charge yeah. $29 a month. And these shop owners are like, this is too expensive. What are you talking about? You have loaners. This will do all the work for you. This will remove your liability. And you can charge. For, what are you talking? $29 and it's too much? These shop owners are delusional. They're delusional. You want to know? Yeah, I, I see I that. I want to make sure. I, I see that. I want to make sure you understand this. I just want to, the same people, the same group of people that you say are unwilling to pay technicians appropriately are all of a sudden going to want to pay you lots of money to diagnose that car that technician Timmy couldn't figure out. 
They've already thrown the module at it and all the sensors and they put an engine in there and all swapped in the transmission and they had the programmer come out and hit the buttons because they got wrap and the wrap couldn't fix it. And they already called Identifix and they already called the other tech line that was supposed to be able to help them. And that car is not diagnosed. So they call you and you think that guy's going to want to pay you three bucks an hour to fix that car. Hell no. Especially when you find out it was, Hey, you have a loose ground. I found it in five minutes because all of these modules connect to this one module and this one module wasn't coming online. So I went to that one, checked for power and ground, did a voltage drop. And in five minutes, I was able to find that loose ground, pay me $300. That guy's going to go get bent. Here's $10 and a <laughs> gift card to Subway. <laughs> Oh man, he thinks I'm joking. That's what's gonna happen. I'm wondering if Matt, that's what David Where's Matt Scundrich? <laughs> Hell no, I'd pay you the three hundred dollars happily. Where's Matt Scundrich? He you knows know what, I'm right. I'm you know, right. You know what Matt said? He said, he said, uh, I said, you got any advice for somebody who wants to start mobile? He said, you still gonna be Don't teaching? Do it. He said, you still gonna be teaching? I said, yeah. He said, pick one. Can't do both. Pick one. Matt, Matt, and, and I, that, I think that's my biggest fear. Don't ask him whether you. you should do it because he's going to give you um, our puss advice. Listen, I'm saying I, that I get the, it. The war stories, the war stories he has are plentiful and they ring true because they happen to everybody. It's not just his area. It's not just him. It's it. It is shop owners are awful, almost all of them. I, Not the ones that I, listen I to this podcast. A They're bit. great. I love them. <laughs> Every single one of them. Uh, I, sounds I, like there's I, a lot of personal experience really in there. Do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's it. I, I really do worry, however, uh, about you trying to do both. Is is you know Because one of the things that these shop owners, if they've become dependent on you, are going to say is, I need you to be reliable. I need you to be here when I call you. I need you now. Right? Like, not next week. Not when you land. We need you to be here now. And, and so that's one of the things that, that I just don't get. We hear a lot of technicians talk about starting their own shop because they want freedom. Let me tell you uh -oh. something. Owning a business is not freedom, okay? It is not freedom. It is not that I'm going to go and I'm going to, to work when I feel like working and I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to do all these things and it, I, I'm not going to be stressed out because, you know, I don't have this boss yelling at me. No. It's waking up at 3 a.m. saying, oh, my God, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Oh, my God, I hope I did that task that I told that client I was going to do. Oh, my gosh, I'm so busy I didn't answer the emails. And, and you know, look, the problems get better and better, unless you're David. Um, the problems get and, more expensive. And you can, that's all it is. Yeah, that's true. All of a sudden, true. that $1,000 tax bill turns into $10,000, and you're like, where did this come from? Yeah, they just revalued the property the shop sits on. <laughs> oh, the property tax got an extra zero. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, I think it's a misnomer. I, I don't think that folks truly understand how much work actually has to go into this. And, and then a lot of times, and, and for the first few years I was in business, I didn't really put too much to it, but the reality was, is that there was a lot of work behind the scenes that I wasn't doing. And so I came into the business and things weren't going the way I wanted them to go. And so when I learned what was wrong in the business, I realized that I was working a 40 hour week as a technician and a service advisor. And I really need to work an extra 40 hours a week to make up for the business owner stuff I hadn't been doing. 
and so I, I think I think it can be really, really overlooked very easily how much work goes into owning a business. And that doesn't matter if it's mobile or not. So I think that's some great advice Matt gave you. You are going to have to pick one if you're really going to grow this thing and take this to the next level to where it's actually generating income. You probably are going to have to do one or the other. So I I, I would agree with him there. Um, I, I still don't, you know, I don't get like if I were in your position, I'd reach out to the tech line people and say, can you use me? I'd reach out to this 50 of them. I'll reach out to all 50 it, and say who gives you the his reason being, though, is because he wants to work on cars. He wants to do the diag. He wants to be hands-on with cars. He wants to be right there with the car. That's what yeah, he wants to do. But you're doing that remotely that's what he with the tech line. Uh, it's not the same. Who, who really wants to, like, back probe that connector? Who wants to get underneath that dash? And- I love it. No, you do not. First off, you've got back problems. You can't even get up under the dash, okay? So who wants to take that, no, that, right. that kick panel down, dig through 8,000 wires to find the one connector or whatever, and then then pierce the wire, but do it right not to crutch the oh, wire? Man. I miss those days. Oh, really no, do. get out I of really here. Mean. It's you overcoming the insulation, just to clarify. It's, it's not piercing the wire. It's it. overcoming that's the insulation. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that. that. I'm stealing that. I'm saying, I'm saying, who wants to do all that? What, you know what I want to do? I want to walk up, look at that capture and go, here's that bad squiggle. It needs this. Or I think it needs this. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. And then walk away. That's what I like to do. I like to go out there, see what my technician is working on. Maybe ask them probing questions and, you know, just to get the juices flowing, then they, they tell me their story, their justification, and, and then I walk away and I'm like, that's cool. And then that's it. I don't want to be help you diagnose it. I don't really care what the problem ends up being. I just like to see some of the process in there because it's cool to have all that equipment out there and have all the wires hooked up to it and all that gar- garbage. But I don't want to do the hooking up or pull the car in or rack it or all that. Oh, that's awful. Just, just, just. You're you're the worst example of this. (laughs) (laughs) Just just getting the cart and opening up that laptop and finding out your two updates behind on the flipping laptop, and then you got to wait for the stupid thing, and you're waiting for the stupid thing, and then you got to get the cable out, and you got to open the door, and then roll the window down, snake the cable through, and oh, you just pulled on the cable a little too hard. Now the laptop fell over. Now no. I, I, all of that. Oh, now I got to get the the charge cart out and wheel the thing over. And make sure you got the thing on there. And is everything hooked up? Yeah. Okay. Oh, now we're good to go. Let me go into the software. What's that stupid password again? Processes. Get out of here. Processes. Yeah, processes. Look, you process know what I want to do? I want to know. <laughs> hey, what's the capture look like? You've already done all that. You've already done all that. Hey, what's the error message on on the on the J box, like on the software? What's that? What's the error message? Okay, now let's figure out a game plan for you, person that has to actually work on the car, to then figure out what's going wrong. That's what I want to do. Oh, the 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 level of complexity telling someone else how to do mm. something. And and if you're talking to somebody that's good, that's one thing. But if you're talking to someone who can't follow instructions and and has poor reading no. comprehension skills, but and you meet them where they're at. No, you meet diagram. them where they're at. Can you do this? No. Have you ever done this? No. What about this? Yes, I can do can that. Can you open the hood? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I would rather know, deal I, with that. I, I would rather deal with that than to try to get that shop owner that just threw the 15th module on that car into the car and is now calling me 
and expect them to pay me the $300 when I tell them that, hey, uh, that module's the wrong part number. Quit buying used modules or quit trying to buy the module off the internet. You need to put an OE module that you got from the dealer that's correct to the car into the car. Or, the, hey, what was, what was that video that was shared into the group? Um, the guy had programmed a BCM. The BCM was great. Turns out he needed to program uh, the PCM, and they had written right. down the wrong module on the work order, and now he's getting blamed yep, for he it. He programmed, I, and and that's your life, Scott. That's what I've you're got signing my up own for. Opinions of that. You're like, oh, I've great. got my own opinions. Give of me that, some okay? of that. That sounds so much better than working at <laughs> Diagnation. I, I, uh. I mean, you, you got to wonder though. Like when you dig into that and you're starting to look at this vehicle, then something about it says, "Hey, this doesn't seem accurate." Yeah, Maybe but at I the should same time, talk though, to the, somebody first. You're looking at it from a scalability standpoint. They called you in to program a BCM. The work order says BCM. You hand them a receipt that says programmed BCM. Their processes are effed up. That's not your problem. Also, they're not paying you to diagnose the car. So now we're, we're, what are we talking about here? Are you going to diagnose it for free because you've got a problem? Are you going to no, refuse? No, I'm just saying business? I might ask questions. I might yeah. ask questions. I, I, I I'm going to tell you the same, the same flippant attitude that Scott got from that sketchy green coolant owner, that same flippant, why are you doing it that? Why are you asking me? Are you telling me we don't know what we're doing? We pulled this module in. Just program it oh okay mr customer thank you for your 120 dollars for programming this whatever you're going to charge them 250 bucks and then when they call you so go better. huh hey guess what it sounds like you need a different module or there's a different problem with the car i can come out and diagnose it for you for 300 an hour oh no no you screwed something up the hell i did <laughs> i screenshotted everything to you and i handed it to you and you saw the receipt I programmed the BCM. BCM's program successfully. I did my job. Now, now what? Now the guy's like on Google trashing you, uh, or he's on the Facebook groups trashing you, talking about how much of a scumbag you are, this, that, and the other. You see what it now turns into a thing. Now what? Because they're incompetent. Sometimes I worry that David's a little risk averse to like the risk bad things. I just in told life. you to slap a DBA on the front of your car and go to go to business. What risk averse? Nothing. <laughs> I am looking. That's not the risk I'm worried about. I'm worried about all the other risks you're talking about. What do we do that? What do we do? What do we do in the in our world, Lucas? When a situation like that comes up, what do we do? We eat it. I eat it. I eat it all day long. I eat the the poo. The poo gets piled on top of whatever it is that I I was like, oh, look at this nice Twinkie. I'm going to eat this Twinkie. Poo gets piled on top and I eat it. I go, well, what are you going to do? The poo's there. I got to do something. I eat the poo. I still want the Twinkie. I, I still want the Twinkie. Yeah, I still want the Twinkie. I, and uh, uh, <laughs> what it is is I've already spent. I've already, the one I've already spent the Twinkie. Twinkie, Twinkie money's gone. The Twinkie's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poo is now there. Like I got to deal with this. And I, I <laughs> David ate the, David's problem is he ate the Twinkie first. Okay, I, yeah, the Twinkie's I, long the, gone. The, so then he just ends up with the several piles of poo that he's got. Now, now in. I just got to eat it. Spoonful by spoonful. Like, you just eat it. But you're if you're a mobile guy. Your time is all you've got. Like I have 
do do we sell time? Yes, but it's leveraged as in I've got multiple employees and then sure. support staff behind it to then leverage those employees time to then maximize what I can can out of the shop in an ideal world. I don't do it. You, doing you that. couple in the parts profit with it and it becomes a feasible. It, no, it makes it feasible to you, for you to eat situations like that where it's a he said, she said, and they don't know what they're doing. I did my job. They don't understand what I did, and they don't understand that they're incompetent. Okay. So either I'm going to die on this horse trying to show them that they're incompetent. I'm going to die on this hill, I should say. I'm going to die on this hill showing them that they're incompetent and deal with the ramifications, or I'm going to eat it. Well, it's harder for me to eat it when I don't have that leverage. That's all I'm saying. Sure. You're right. Me too. You're right. Scott and Lucas is done. So there's some fire at the shop and he's like, I got to go deal with this fire. No, the fire. <laughs> <I'll let laughs> you need, yes. You need to embrace the fire. The fire is what it is. You know what it does? It keeps me warm. It keeps me warm. It's the only fire I got. That David, says, David does this thing. He says, I just put on the dad voice, right? And he's like talking to a client. No, it's not our fault. There's all on it. Do you talk to your kids like that? And he's like breathing Scott, really Scott, heavily. You said I'm you like, have kids, right? Four. Okay. So you know the dad voice. The, hey, I'm no longer messing around. Get your shoes on. We're going out the door. Yeah. You don't scream at them. Why You're not? not screaming. I don't scream. Oh, it's you, a, you, you do on here. David just. You do on here. <laughs> that, that is David's dad voice. Okay. Oh, so that you is do David's scream. David's dad voice. I, well, I. That's David's dad me, voice. I'm screaming. And, and I've lost it. But I don't. You, hey, man, you I can don't, hear the poor customers on the phone no, no, like quivering, right? Like they're afraid. I, have I screamed? They're really afraid dude's going to show up at their house. No, no, no. no. I, I don't. This is the one thing that broke the camel's back. The rubber band just snapped. The, he just the, finally had enough. They've been watching him for years, slowly <laughs> unravel into this pit of despair, and they know that eventually David's going to lose it. And so here we do. Are, I right? raise my voice if I have to raise my voice, only because they're not listening or like they're in the other room or whatever. Do I scream? I don't scream. I raise my voice. But even then, like they're oh. all raising your voice. It is a. It is an assertive, authoritative. I'm not messing around voice. You sometimes have to put your dad voice because people are irrational. They're irrational and they're ranting and raving going, ah, blah, blah, blah. you're like, listen, this is how it is. <laughs> listen. And then that's it. You're not listening. That's it. <laughs> listen. Like this conversation doesn't need to go further. I'm giving you all the information you need. Accept it. Move on. Yes, I know it's still dripping oil in your driveway. We washed it. We washed it really well. If it keeps happening, bring it back and we'll wash it again. <laughs> if, it, if your oil level goes down, there's a problem. Bring it in. Until then, run it through the car wash. And I'm glad I have to repeat myself because this is the third time I've told you this. I just didn't know it was going to smoke that much. I told you it was going to smoke. Do you know why that happened, Scott? Because my technician can't read a parts list on an invoice. Oh. So we hand him a work order, and the work order says, new connectors. You know what the technician does? Ignores that. Ignores looking at the repair order. Ignores, ignores the new connectors sitting next to the line. Ignores that, too. And he says, oh, I guess I'm reusing everything. Clip, clip, clip. <laughs> pop. 
Then now what? Oil everywhere. And he goes, uh, this is, I need a connector. You mean the one on your part shelf? Read the work order. That's yelling. Yeah, see, that's yelling. And I do, now, does that turn into yelling in the shop? Yes. Yes, it's me screaming, read the work order at the technician. And then the technician gets all butthurt. And then they're pouty and angry the rest of the day. And they don't want to do that oil change. You know what I, I can tell you as definitive advice? Don't get employees. Unless they're Mexican. Born in Mexico. None of these U.S. born ones. Forget that. You need them born in Mexico. You need you need true bloods. None of these mud bloods. You need true bloods. You need <laughs> born in Mexico. <laughs> that was definitely him. Not me. <laughs> they need wow. born in Mexico. They come over to this country. And then, yeah, those guys. They, he can say that, yes, though, right? Because he's. Hire, hire them. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. Yes. No, I'm he not Mexican in any way, shape, or form. Not. I'm not even. A, he has tonal right. privilege. Right. Yeah. We. It's a, yeah, I. I do have tonal privilege. Yes. But that's supposed <laughs> to be a bad thing, you dingus. That's a bad thing. I have tonal privilege. You're not supposed to have tonal privilege. I have tonal privilege. All I'm saying is. All I'm saying is them. You can hire them. Everybody else. No. They can screw off. Employees are the worst. The worst. <laughs> Did we get it? Did we get everything hashed out? I, I, I think are, so. Are you? Do you feel complete? Do you feel whole right now? Well, you definitely don't feel no, whole. I, but no. Um, no I, I, <laughs> you, it's, sorry, bad choice of words. I apologize. Um, that's, uh, so I, I will say, just I don't know, Lewis. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, when I, I threw out my shoulder at one point and stopped working on cars for about four or five years, and I was a service advisor and then service manager for a little while. So uh, funny story real quick is uh, this lady was screaming in the middle of the service drive and to the point where it was interrupting the conversation I was having with my customer. And I looked over at her and she's like, what? And I said, ma'am, you need to calm down. So that's right. you can imagine how well that went over in a <laughs> three lane wide service drive with 12 advisors and 20 customers. Yeah, it was... Um, did you have to evict her? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, she she eventually nah, somebody did come out actually. Yeah, I think the service manager finally came out and was like, all right, we need to we need to go outside. But then he asked me, he said, Did you really tell her to calm down? I said, Yeah. He said, So I found that doesn't work too well. I said, Yeah, me too. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, <a> lesson learned. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.